Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing four weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, and Warhammer 40,000 The Valentine Heresy, as well as four event podcasts with mini-series releases at staggered intervals, Curse Code and Crown, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can get access to our Discord access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dumb Dumb Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dumb Dumb Dice. Get your merchandise today. Welcome back to Curse, Code, and Crown, a live play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse, Code, and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Elizabeth as Princess Gwendolyn, Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap, and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano, alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse, Code, and Crown! As you um, approach Farmville, um, you get more of a sense of um, Garbage Town than of of the other places you've been in terms of this is a place that works. Um, It's uh, a a functional, very, very... um, precise uh, machine that is is in full operation. Um, as you approach, you see various, again, pens where animals are grazing and, and going about their business. Um, and uh, you, there are, um, I think kind of as you're approaching, you see um, there's a sort of large, large, large pen sort of sl- slightly up a hill 
um, with sheep grazing in it. Um, and you can see a, a shepherd wearing kind of a big, massive cloak with a crook um, who's facing away from you. But there's something odd about uh, the, the sort of silhouette the shepherd um, shows. But it's not anything alarming. It's just there's something you just kind of catch it out of the corner of your eye. It feels a little odd. Um, Is it moving? Yeah, yeah. Like, you can see that the shepherd, yeah. like, moving the crook and, like, moving the, the sheep to, to greener pastures uphill. Um and then you, you kind of pass, like, um, there's pig pens. You can see um, the cattle run is empty right now, but um, you can see where that would be. And then the farms are, like, outside of all of this. And you can see kind of, like, massive stalks of wheat, um, corn. You can see people moving between them with scythes, just, like, threshing away. Um, and, uh, yeah, you kind of come into a large dirt compound. Um, a military compound uh, kind of, like, set up in the field is probably the best way to think about this in terms of just how much stuff is there. Uh, I'm literally thinking about like Hitman missions I've played or <clears throat> um, Ground Zeroes in the Metal Gear franchise. Just big sprawling space with a lot of small buildings that seem to serve very specific purposes. You're surprised as you, you walk up. You see people kind of coming and going. Um, but again, there's something odd um, about the faces you can see at this distance. And um, as you get in closer, uh, you realize it's because they're all wearing masks. What kind of masks? Uh, the masks resemble the animals that they are tending to. And you realize that they've actually treated um, the what would have at some point been a head. They've basically taxidermied masks uh, for themselves. So you realize that the, the thing that had caught you off guard with the shepherd earlier was the sheep's head mask he was wearing. Um, you see some of the cattle um, folk kind of talking to each other, um, wearing cow masks, and obviously they've been slightly stylized, and they're, you know, they've been built to last. But um, yeah, they're all. Uh, everyone seems to have the head of the animal that they they associate with. Um, is it is it strictly animals, or the ones that are, you know, threshing down corn or have tending to pumpkin patches? Cut ahead of a corn uh, yeah, the, I don't like know. a lantern mask yeah, the, uh, yeah. the farmers the farmers aren't aren't wearing anything um, okay. yeah. as, as you walk you can see like Good question funny it visual. is yeah you can see the uh, the guy tending to the pigs is kind of like getting down to their level a little bit and trying to like move them around and you get the sense that perhaps uh, these masks serve a um, an odd practical function in addition to an aesthetic one mm. princess. Do you think it's worth masking ourselves in the style of these people? Well, uh. If they are shepherds of sheep and they wear a mask looking like a sheep, would it be worth you, as the first ambassador of the Alliance of Equality, to wear a mask that looks like a person for your intended to lead people? Um, you mean like, take a person's face and put it on... My helm. The level of naivete here would be terrifying. No, what I mean is maybe we could carve one out of wood or do like a knockoff. I'm not saying let's carve off a stranger's face and put it on your helmet. Waterfall. That would jump you straight to, I think, supervillain territory. That's, well, that's, that's necrotist so shite. Yes, no, I'm saying like we could carve one out of wood or something if you wanted to try to make a symbolic gesture. Um... Uh... I suppose. Would that not be insulting? We have exactly the same amount of information. We walked into town and we saw this. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking if we go and being like, you people are to us as like farm animals are to you and they kill farm animals, it it might not be the, the, the best way to make an introduction. All right. I'm, I'm not, you seem very defensive right now, Your Highness. You don't need to be, no, this is all no. theory. And just, just didn't want to offend, just um, sharing my thoughts. Um, as you begin to get closer to the empty um, cow paddock, um, you can see, um, you can hear some commotion, and you see uh, a few of the um, cow farmers, like the cattle farmers, kind of rushing towards a door. Um, and they seem to have um, sort of uh, long prods out um, and you, you hear and it's all through they all sound a little bit like stormtroopers because they're yelling through these these masks but like you know like like um, like check the angles check the angles make sure he can't and then you hear and suddenly one of them goes and he gets pulled by his feet uh, and like pulled into the door and he's grabbing onto the edge um, and uh, they all start stabbing in uh, and you just keep hearing mooing and he's screaming uh, and then one guy runs over and like power slides over to him. He's wearing like a cool hat. He grabs him by the arm and his arm just gets pulled through uh, and then the door slams. And uh, the cattle farmer uh, with the hat steps up and he just takes his hat off and throws it in the mud. And he's like, oh, I told you to shoot him. You didn't listen. Now he's dead. He picks up his hat and he's like, you all disgraces. And puts his hat on and walks away. Um, you, um, people are kind of taking notice of you, but aren't, um, everyone's busy. So it's a lot of kind of like who, but also you can tell that Farmville isn't protected the same way the other places are largely because it's much harder to like steal things here. Um, you make your way up to sort of, uh, uh, the central area. You walk in and you realize it's a massive, um, meat processing facility. So you walk in and there's like a very clean hallway leading to those big, like, weird plastic, like, double doors with, like, the, the hanging um, plastic. It almost looks like what you get when you go through a car wash um, that kind of keeps the cold yeah. in. Um, and, um, yeah, as you, you enter, um, the doors swing open, and there's um, a guy who walks out and just takes his, his cow helm off um, and, and throws up into a, a garbage can. Uh, and then he looks up kind of in horror, and he goes, Oh! And he, like, thumps it back down. He's like, um... Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, welcome to Farmville. Everything's fine. How are you? Um, doing just fine. Um, did that old chap die over there? Oh, sh sh cow patties. You saw that? I mean, I didn't see all of it. Seems a likely conclusion from what we did see. Yeah, we've been having some, um... Some troubles uh, with with the new herd, uh, but it's okay. Everything is fine here in Farmville. We've got it under. Everything is always under control. Um, well, you know what? I'm making my way, doing the rounds, you know, talking to people around, see if I can help solve some problems. Wait, are you a health inspector? And you see him like raise a hand to like a break in case of health inspector glasses. I, I, I just him, like, hands and be like, no, 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 nothing, nothing like that. It's like, oh. <laughs> Good. We'd be, uh, oh, we'd be right up the cow field without a paddle, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Highness, you might want to let him know who you are and who you're here to see. All right. Um, I'm, uh, so I'm Princess uh, Gwendolyn. Mm -hmm. 
uh, Princess of Orvel, um, the thing that used to be in the sky just uh, a couple of days ago, and um, uh, looking for um, the Lord of Farmville, the, the butcher. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Mr. Goff, the butcher. Uh, I, I can show you to him, but look, um, I'll, I'll tell you what I told the, the, the previous representative. I, I, I know... I know our supply chain hasn't been working the way it normally does, um, but we're really we're pretty sure this new herd is going to solve all of that for you, as we said. And honestly, it's it's only been a week, so I don't know what result you're you're expecting here uh, just yet. We told you it, uh, they'll be ready soon. We've just encountered some technical difficulties. All right, right, right. Um, and what's different about this new word here? Uh, the details have already been arranged. I, I can't say any more than that. If you don't know, then you're clearly... It's on a detail yeah. basis, and you oh, don't yeah. need to know. Cows are a very oh. serious business. All right, well, if you could uh, show us to Mr. Goff, we have uh, matters to discuss with Sure thing. He's like, Hey, Jack! There's some people to talk to you! Um, and he uh, leads you kind of uh, in through the, um, the the sort of like metal swinging doors with the little portholes, through the, the floppy um, sort of plasticized things, uh, and you enter um, into a, sort of a massive meat locker uh, space, and you can see kind of doors that lead further into the facility on either end, but this is a big kind of central chamber. Um, you can see a big chair behind a big heavy uh, metal desk that has um, a lot of uh, notebooks and papers, all of which are plastic wrapped. Um, and um, to the left of you as you come in, there's a massive butcher's table. And you walk in just to see um, a seven foot tall man slam a giant fucking cleaver down um, on uh, with a meaty thwack uh, into uh, a, a carcass. Um, and he turns around um, and you can see that his... Um, He's wearing uh, a the head of a pig, but it's also kind of got like a patch from uh, a cow, and you can see kind of like sheep's horns, like a, a ram's horns, have been affixed to it. Um, and there is a sort of like a small, like a tiny, tiny King K. Rule sized crown uh, just at the top. Um, and he turns around, he's wearing like a, a giant bloody meat apron with a with like a very impeccably done bow tie. Um, and he turns around, and he's like, Hey, you came in search of the butcher, huh? Well, here I am. I'd shake your hand, but, you know, meat hands. And he slams the, um, uh, the cleaver down, uh, and turns around and just, like, flicks blood off his hands and says, So what can I do you for? Here, come, come, come sit, sit, sit at my desk here. Uh, and he gestures, uh, to the guy to bring, bring a couple chairs. He's like, Jack Goff is the name, uh, Butcher Lord of Farmville. Welcome. It's, a, it's uh, please. It's a pleasure to meet you, uh, Jack Goff, Butcher of Farmville. My name is Duncan Kendano of the Dawnbreakers. I'm here with Maka Deathcap of the Turtles of Bleen, Master Gravekeeper, and Princess Gwendolyn Kin Solaris of Orville, the first ambassador of the Alliance of Equality. Well, the ambassador would like to speak with you. Pardon my ignorance on a thing or two here, but as I understand it, one only gets the title Kin Solaris when they ascend the throne. So let me ask you there, uh, Gwen. Is your dad dead, or are you staging a coup? Um, well, we're pretty sure he's dead. Pretty sure? Right, we can't confirm it now, but we haven't seen him in a bit. And, um... 
just want to make sure that things still going fine down here. And I was going to say, uh, Duncan will just take a step forward and say, allow me to just clarify the point here. Orvel has been invaded, as you've noticed, it's left the sky, which means the king is at least compromised and at worst dead. So the active head of state for Orville right now is the princess. Uh, and I just circle back around and rest a hand on her shoulder and tilt my hat. And I'm like, certainty really helps people trust you. Uh, and then nice. just circle around and take position behind her again. So to your surprise, he kind of like pushes back against his desk. And like this guy, think um, if you know wrestling, like he looks like the big show. Like he is just a big, big dude. Like very, very tall, barrel chested. Um, like arms uh, the size of um, Cinder, uh, who you met before, uh, just a, a massive like meat hunk of a man. Uh, he pushes back off his table. He stands to his full height, and then with a grace uh, you wouldn't expect, um, he bows uh, in the the courtly tradition of um, Orvel, uh, and he says, "Well, that being the case, my cleaver is at your disposal, ma'am." And then he, he actually, like, takes off the helm uh, and kind of, like, doffs it to you. Um, he man he may somehow manages to keep his face obscured the entire time, uh, but then mm -hmm. he, he brings it back in and uh, settles back into his chair. A pleasure indeed. Um, clearly you're a busy man running a large operation, um, so I'll be quick and to the point. We are looking for um, a shard of an amulet. Yep, got that right here. And he, he taps the ear of his um, mask, and you can actually see what you thought was just an ornate earring uh, is, in fact, the amulet piece. He's just large enough that what would be a cool amulet on some is better suited as an earring on him. Right. Um, we would love to borrow that amulet for a time. We are on a quest to... Uh, basically fight the powers that... Uh, caused Orville to fly away. Um, and as soon as we get that back, sooner we can continue with the uh, supply chain and the shipments and your payment, I assume. Well, as the best and only customer of Farmville, yeah, that sounds about right to me. Uh, I am a little bit concerned about that, though admittedly we do have a... We could use a little bit more time to sort out our herd issue. Um, yeah, I'm happy to give you the amulet, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm a man of business, so what, what say we strike a deal? Your turn, sir. Excellent. Um, and he uh, he yells uh, like, "Hey, send uh, send Muldoon in, would you?" And um, a few minutes later, uh, the uh, man wearing the uh, the bull's head, uh, like a black bull, uh, with horns poking up through his hat, um, comes back in, and he's wearing like tiny khaki shorts, um, and uh, he <laughs> he sort of stands like nearby, and the butcher's like. Uh, Princess, you'll forgive me if I'm repeating information you already know, but as I understand it, uh, this was a deal between me, your old man, and his, uh, head of, uh, food supply, uh, Lord Din. Um, essentially, the demand, uh, for meat in Orvel has wildly outstripped our resources here, and, uh, try as we might, we're having a hell of a time keeping up. Uh, Lord Din was quite insistent that we try something new, and as a result, uh, well, he brought us a design I was none too thrilled about. Doesn't really track with my understanding of farming practice, but 
who might argue with an Orvelian, right? So he um, he spins around one of the books that he... You can tell that he basically ziplocks everything because otherwise it would just get, like, covered blood. in blood. Yeah. Slides it across yeah. the table. And, and you recognize um, the precise script um, and style of writing of the Court of Orvel. Um, you remember Lord Din as um, a, a, a very quick-tempered... Uh, kind of John Malkovich looking motherfucker who um, was uh, responsible for what you were pretty sure was just um, food procurement for the castle uh, but you're now realizing mm-hmm. was actually basically heading up agriculture and livestock for the entirety of Orville. Um you always got a real bad vibe from him um, yeah. he, even as a kid he always kind of uh, treated you as a passing thought Duncan, you remember him as well, um, and he was, you could never prove it, but you always felt like he was meddling with things he shouldn't be. Just one of those guys who's, like, always, like, locking a, a door he shouldn't be coming out of when you pass him in the hall, uh, who's always quickly stuffing papers away when, when prying eyes are nearby. You couldn't prove anything. He just seemed like a shady character. Um, and honestly, you haven't thought about him in some time, because he seemed shady, but he was kind of the least of your concerns then. What you see written in the notebook is um, alarming. It actually suggests using um, transmutation magic um, to affect the livestock. Um, And um, the butcher explains that um, Din requested um, a a new breed of cattle that could produce more meat faster. Um, And uh, as a result, he said... uh, he had, a, he had a fancy name for it in uh, in an ancient tongue that none of us spoke. So uh, we just started calling them the uh, the mutants, because because uh, they're mutant cows. So we, we made a portmanteau. Problem with the mutants is they uh, they're as you can see two headed cows. Um, they produce more meat. Their bodies are larger. They have twice as many organs. Uh, what we didn't count on is uh, they also got twice as smart. It seems that the uh, the two heads are linked and uh, basically have uh, have doubled their their intelligence and as a result uh, they have been uh, well for lack of a better term and then Muldoon cuts in he's like picking us off one by one. <laughs> I warned him. I warned him. Cows are very smart. They'll know what you're up to. They know what you're about. They wouldn't listen. Kept thinking about what they could do, not whether they should. Now we got a problem. They're running around a factory floor killing our men. I keep telling them to shoot. No one shoots fast enough. Clever cows. Um, oh, boy. And uh, Jack kind of gestures, and he's like, yeah, that's the long and short of it. Um, we had the situation somewhat under control until the Alpha emerged. Uh, the Minmutar. Uh, he's, uh, he's managed to walk on both legs. And uh, I regret to say, he kind of like gestures to his rack of like oversized butcher implements. And there's clearly, like, a chalk outline of a blade that's missing. And he's like, got his hands on one of my, uh, one of my sweet boys. One of my, my sweet, sweet knifey boys. He slams the, <laughs> the cleaver back into his desk. And you can see there's, like, pock marks in the desk. And he's like, I've had Muldoon here trying to raise security so we can actually keep the things under control. But we've had to basically shut down production and abandon the, uh, the factory floor altogether. Making do with what we've got frozen in gestures to what he was working on. But, uh, honestly, with Orville being gone, I wasn't too concerned about it. That said, you look hearty and hale. Uh, Princess, you appear to be some kind of enchanted armor. Am I reading that situation correctly? 
Um, you are. <laughs> Just like in the ramblings of Ravan. What a fucking interesting time to be alive. Uh, oh, you know of the ramblings. Yep. My grandma used to used to ramble them at me when I was falling asleep. As a wee baron. That's what we called kids. <laughs> anyway, you brought a turtle man here. <laughs> you seem to be falling out of prophecy and... Uh, you got yourself a proper-looking Dawnbreaker. I don't see any gold on your arms. You know, the, the guys who came down with Din, they kept flashing those things. They were bejeweled. They were bedazzled. It's not what a proper Dawnbreaker wears. At least. You're correct, sir. Oh, they good. were not proper Dawnbreakers. As far as I can tell, there's just one of us. And, like, 20%. I had a guy sort of join. There, yeah, that'll happen. Uh, and, uh... Mr. Tortle, Mr. Death Cap, uh, I want to assure you that even though some people in my profession have uh, have written at length about the culinary opportunities possible with a fresh tortle, I've uh, never engaged in those practices myself. I don't believe in it. So, you know, trust that you are safe here. And he gestures again by slamming. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, that looks like an aggressive gesture. It's just what I do all day, and if I stop, my arm starts seizing up. So, uh, just know you're safe here. There will be no turtle soup on my watch. Mm-hmm. Well, the concept of killing me for sustenance is not as unpleasant as you might think I think it is. In huh. fact, it is ultimately my fate, everyone's fate. But I th appreciate... And thank you for your assurances. Mm, yes. You're welcome. Help you. So, how many of these mutants are there outside of the Min Mutar? A lot. There's a herd. Um, they're, they're on the loose. There are uh, too many to control, truly. Uh, but that's the thing. Uh, the Min Mutar is their, their alpha. And uh, I suspect that if, uh, if the Min Mutar were to fall, the rest would fall in line. So that's a matter of uh, taking out all the mutants and more so surviving them till you can find the Minmutar. It's turned our factory into some kind of labyrinth. A labyrinth of meat. Interesting. Uh, and I want to circle, like, just turn quietly to the princess and lower the hat and say, do you have any intention of freeing them from their requirements of Orville and welcoming them into the Alliance? The other two demanded it. This fella seems loyal. But... Does he receive less because he's willing to bend the knee? Uh, no, I mean, I, I mean, if he's if he seems good with things as they are, then I don't see how being free would change anything. Could probably just make it better for him. Oh, now I'm switching into Australian. Thanks, Tom. Don't blame me. Blame Robert Muldoon, the great hunter. Um, I think we need to offer it to him. You are the first ambassador of the Alliance. The offers are yours. And you're the crown ruler of Orville currently, so you could release them from other obligations that are perhaps getting innocent farmhands eaten. Right. Um, Mr. Goff, um, I, I, I would just like to say that, um, with my father's expected, um, demise, as it were, um, we're, 
we're now creating a new alliance of equality amongst all the people um, who've been supplying Orville, working for Orville, and we ought to all work together as equals now. And we would like to release you from any obligations, as it were, uh, and form a partnership. And you can see him kind of like raise his hands and shake his head a little bit. He's like, whoa, whoa, hey, we really need that contract. So don't go releasing me out of anything too soon here. No, no, no. Happy happy to uh, continue the contract if you're, if you're pleased with its terms. Just saying that we can renegotiate, make sure that it's equal and we're not taking too much demanding too much. Oh, he nods. He's we like, don't want anyone to get hurt. This seems like a ridiculous situation that we've gotten ourselves into. It is. Um, people are dying. Um, I don't like that. Uh, and I'd like to see that stop. And if uh, coming to new terms and a new contract would stop further deaths, then I would like that very much. He um, he just kind of like nods at you, which again is like wildly unsettling because he's wearing this weird like fucking Frankenstein <laughs> yeah. animal mask. Um, but he nods, uh, and he's like, Metal Lady, you're speaking a lot of sense. I gotta tell you, it's, uh, it's been pretty rough, uh, suffering under Lord Din. You take him, you make sure he's, he's off the council, uh, and I'll be, I'll be happy to, uh, send up one of my best and brightest to come represent us, because I gotta tell you, this is not sustainable. We try and give these animals a good life, but, uh, we're messing around with magics. We got a bunch of murderous portmanteaus running around. This is a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> and the environmental impact of this many mutants is real fucking bad. So, if you can get Orvel in line, it, honestly, no one's ever asked us what we thought before. They just come down here and yell. Please consider Lord Din off the council as soon as I'm in charge of Orvel, <laughs> not you. Remember, it's a partnership. He's like, oh, princess, my princess. Uh, and he slides off his big, um, like bloody, uh, heavy meat glove. Uh, and you can see he actually has, like, they're huge, but, like, incredibly dainty hands. Um, and, yeah. uh, he clearly takes very good care of them when he's not, uh, butchering. Um, and he's picked a nail polish color that just, like, spectacularly pulls out his eyes, which nice. are hard to see behind the mask, but, like, this is, he's fucking, he's kind of got it going on. Um, so he just reaches across, uh, the table with a hand that's kind of, like, one and a half size the hands of you, uh, of yours. And I feel like I've seen this done by like um, soldiers and like other like it's a big thing in the dogs. Met, like so men of equals yeah. and I like grab his like forearm. Sure, and, and he I just like thing. he kind of looks down and goes eh, uh, reaches slightly past uh, your hand and grasps uh, your forearm, uh, and the two of you have like a clink clink clink, um, and you release. And you have to like shake off a bit of blood, um, and he's like he kind of like checks his forearm. And he's like oh, it's a hell of a grip, your Majesty. <laughs> I would say an iron grip, but uh, it looks like you're more of a copper lady. I slides his glove back on, and he's like, "All right, well, as I said, uh, that's that's much appreciated. I'll happily follow you into the the gates of hell and back. I will. But uh, if you can help us with this mutant problem, I'll be uh, I'll be right grateful. Happy to send you along your way with the amulet and make sure your people get the food they need as well." Uh, wonderful. Glad we can come to terms now. To kill a minotaur. Yep. Sounds about right to me. First door on your left. Best of luck. And just right. for the sake of my notes, that's a warehouse that we're going into, or is it a slaughterhouse, or it's what is a it? factory? Yeah, it's like the factory floor. So like where they've 
even though it isn't fully mechanized, um, they've got like a bunch of they, they have to process so much mm. that um, think like um, pulley systems, um, the you know those like long sure yeah. Uh, so it's like that mafia movie, like Scorsese movie style, like frozen meat warehouse factory. Hundred percent. Like okay. and they have like walls that would like lead the cows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like cross areas, basically yeah. like take the so temple. slaughterhouse. Then that's yeah. just what I want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, yeah, okay. a slaughterhouse a with a bit more uh, mechanized bullshit. So like if you cross the slaughterhouse with um, the kind of like airport um, suitcase like conveyor belt system, where it's just like a big massive slaughterhouse um, floor. Okay. So you're gonna get everything. You're gonna get Temple Grandin style cow runs. <laughs> you're gonna get mafia hanging meats. You might find a friendly boxer who's just working on his form. Who knows? Drinking eggs. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. So uh, the three of you have a moment to prepare. Um, Muldoon's gonna come with you. Uh, and he's like, the disgraces, the monsters, all of them, shall all be put down. So I'm happy to help you however I can. Y'all bring any knives? Mm. I brought a selection. Uh, <laughs> you call that a knife? That, that is a knife. And it gives you a thumbs up. <laughs> We're doing a Great. different movie now. <laughs> We're doing all um, the movies. <laughs> we just, yeah. if, you, if you'd forgive me, Muldoon, I'd like to have a moment to speak alone with my companions here. As you will. And he, uh, he takes a, a step away and just like puts one foot up and takes like a, a hunterly pose, uh, looking concerned about the state of the world. Great. I'll I'll lean in to make sure he can't hear instead of just him posing in the same spot. <laughs> but he honestly, like, he, he also seems like when he isn't paying attention to you, he's just, like, he's having, like, the Seymour Skinner, like, nom flashbacks. <laughs> so Muldoon cows. is Muldooning at all times. Yep. Yes, I, I believe that. Maximum Muldoon. God, I just love, like, a human, a turtle, and a suit of armor in a huddle. Like, yeah. that's just very funny to yeah, me. Yeah, that's good, too, yeah. Friends, there is something limited here that our friends haven't thought about because they were stuck in the lens of these things had to be food. If these cows and this Minmutor have been raised to be slaughtered and they were smart enough to know that they lived and to know that that was their fate and to rise up, their fight does not make them villains. Their fight makes them heroes. If there's any way we can communicate with these beings to allow them their own autonomy and their own kingdom. It's the only right thing we can do. They're victims in this as well. Victims of Lord Din and dark magics. I mean, they could be psychopaths and I'm not ruling that out, but there is a chance that we've essentially created a new species that deserve their own freedom that have been enslaved unknowingly. Mm. We well, Maka, I believe this is your forte. Yes, I will endeavor to speak with the first ones we come across. And if diplomacy, as you say, hmm, yes, can be achieved, then more the better. Mm -hmm. The nice thing about you is that I can tell when you're extra sure because you mm, slightly more than when you're less sure. <laughs> and that level of surety makes me feel good. Mm. Highness. Do you know what you would offer these mutants in terms of land or opportunity for them to build their own life? Hmm. I'm not saying you need the answer right now, but you might if we can actually talk to them. So it's something to think on. 
Well, I mean, it depends what they want. If they just want the freedom and we can determine that they're not going to, you know, wreak havoc and start killing willy-nilly, um, then I'd be... I suppose we could... So we could broker a peace with Farmville, perhaps? Perhaps. Um, I mean, they need more supply. They might need more hands. I wonder if they... I don't know. Work with Farmville? Would I, you, this might be a stretch. Would you allow mutants into yeah. the Alliance of Equality? Theoretically. Uh, can, theoretically, sure, yeah. Yeah. These may be the Fivels of the farm world. Um, remember the poop lord, his name was Fivel, just to be clear. I remember, I remember, I'm still questioning that. We're not going to give the this. cows a flame helmet. I just want to be clear All on right. where we're at on the hierarchy of things. Right. right. Well, I think we need to understand the reasoning understand i mean what the feeling what the thinking and and i will stay there. near muldoon to prevent him from preventing diplomacy right right excellent mm. excellent well let us begin then yes mm -hmm. yes mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> And with a chorus of Marge Simpsons, you step into the, uh, the warehouse. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you into the Mythos Mysteries, a live play pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imagining. The series features Claire Blackwood as Red, Ryan LaPlante as Adrian Diesel, and Tyler Hewitt as Old Man Richter in a world created by Keeper Tom McGee. Our story begins with two erstwhile companions on a long and winding road. They think they are fleeing danger, but greater horror awaits them when they arrive, for they are not just running away from mortal danger, but towards the Mythos Mysteries. Episodes are available now. You're immediately um, hit by, again, just a, it, everything, the meat is frozen, but you can smell death. Uh, and you suspect that might be the people who were sent in to round up the mutants, less the mutants themselves. Um, the entire space is lit in um, harsh red light uh, coming off of um, lanterns that have um, been kind of basically medieval gelled. Um, so they have uh, red glass. Uh, it means the entire place is in, in red and black, uh, making visibility um, still possible, but uh, also somewhat uh, difficult. Um, Muldoon is like, uh, Muldoon kind of gives you rough directions. And he's like, uh, you know, um, the, uh, right, the Min Mutar has taken a throne deep in the facility. It's where he keeps, keeps himself, keeps his troops. We've got to get in there first. But uh, to get there, we've got to go through got to go through the pens and then past the hooks, and then we'll find them. So, hmm. gird your loins or your metal cod piece. It's going to be a rough ride. Uh, and then he, like, draws his, his bow. Uh, and he doesn't do that fucking thing from the Robin Hood movie where he just, like, walks around with his bow fully. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's not his my... first day with a bow. 
It's at least my third rodeo. All right, let's roll. Um, so yeah, so he he's got a, a bow and, and, and arrow ready, um, and um, the four of you begin to make your way into the facility. Um, so here's my question to you: um, What is the tactic you want to take to get to the Min Mutar? Are you you'd mentioned wanting to try and parlay with it? Are you going to try and stealth your way through? Are you looking to fight your way through? Run your way through? What's the um, what's the strategy? I think based on our conversation, it might be to have Maka go up front and try to talk to the sentries. All right. Yeah. Um, Maka will uh, step out in front of the group and uh, light a torch, even, um, from his uh, explorer's pack. Okay. Um, and uh, carry that forward, and I'll cast Beast Speech. Just mark that off. Uh, actually, no, I'll do it as a ritual cast, so I don't have to burn a spell slot. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, I will call out um, and say, uh, Mutants of Farmville, my name is Gravekeeper Maka Deathcap of the Tortle. I am here to discuss terms of peace between you and the humans. Hmm. Um... You hear um, a voice, uh, like the uh, Laura and Ryan. You hear like "moo" in like two voices speaking simultaneously. Um, but Tyler, you hear one voice in your head, and um, it just says, "Set me free! I beg you." Name your freedom. The nature of it. Hmm? You are not prisoners here. I am. Help. And then you hear like a tortured scream uh, and a mutant charges you. Uh, so go ahead and roll for initiative, my friends. 16 for your boy Maka. Five. Eight for Duncan. Oops, sorry, man. It's it's fine. Remember, Laura, your audio and mine will both be replaced, so they'll actually balance flawlessly. And so uh, I know I'm just so apologizing for talking over you. You know. Do you know what I love when you talk over me? It's great. No. Mm. You're the one who made it dirty. What? I didn't make it dirty at all. Mm. What? It's definitely dirty now. Yeah. <laughs> like... Gross. All right. <laughs> Um, Maka, you're up first. I mean, not gross. Yeah, okay. stop, stop pretending I'm the villain. <laughs> There's an audience here. Uh, I will, um, I'll activate my symbiotic entity. Mm -hmm. Burn a wild shape to do that. Uh, and I will, as a bonus action, cast Shillelagh. So I am ready, ready to fight. Okay. Um, it's the Mutant's turn. Uh, it rushes uh, directly at you. Uh, Shillelagh in action? Shillelagh's bonus, um, but creating the symbiotic oh, entity is in action. Gotcha. But if it, as soon as it becomes in within 10 feet of me, that triggers my Halo of Spores. And it so is it will within have 10, to, yep. It will have to do a con save of 13 or better. Uh, it fails the con save. Okay, so that's now it's 2d4 necrotic damage. So that's one... A uh, total of four necrotic damage. 
Um, the uh, mutant, like it, it hits both both cow heads, uh, but it keeps charging, and then both heads kind of lower their horns and lean in, um, and they are going to hit you with uh, an ability called Ram. Um, what's your AC? Nineteen. Uh, okay, both miss. Uh, okay. So it kind of coughs as the spores hit it, um, and. Um, uh, if, if I may, yeah. um, I'd, I'd like to not necessarily have gotten out of the way, but with my shield, I want to tank this charge. Sure, yeah, that's fair. Totally. So okay. they slam up against your shield. It knocks you back a bit, but you just kind of like you're, you do that thing where your feet slide back and right, right. Uh, you hold steady. Um, and um, then it is uh, Duncan. All right, well... If it's attacking, <laughs> well, he thinks it was. Well, maybe we can negotiate with the alpha. Uh, yeah. And at that point, um, I think Duncan would run in like from the side because I'm imagining he and Muldoon are kind of like flanking, hunting distance. Incidentally, you guys are doing what the Raptors do. <laughs> yes. In a separate, unrelated movie that has nothing to do with Robert Muldoon. Yeah, because yes. that Muldoon had no fucking clue what he was doing, and ours seems kind of actually capable, instead of just talking cool and spooky, though he could die very quickly. Uh, yeah, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna dash in uh, and try to aim for its heart. Sure. I don't know entirely where one is in a cow body, but I'm gonna give it my best shot. It might have two now. Anything's possible. Uh, I scored a seven. Um, you attempt to, to pierce uh, the uh, the butant, uh, but it um, the, the hide is thick. It's not like cutting into a human, and honestly, you don't have much practice stabbing stuff like this. So uh, you score kind of a cut along its side, but it doesn't uh, pierce the ribcage. And then I just say, shite! <laughs> and Muldoon's like, hearty girl, uh, and starts like pulling back his arrow. Uh, Gwen. Right. Um, I mean, I really don't want to fight the things, but I guess I don't really have a choice. Um, let's do, oh fuck, let's just hit them with my sword. Let's just get, who's closest to me? The cow. It's there's, one cow with two just heads. One. Oh, it's just one. one. I thought there yeah. were two. No. My apologies. No, they have two, two heads. heads. Right. And an unsettling third row of uh, legs that don't really do anything that run kind of along the center seam of their chest. Ooh. That's upsetting. Isn't it, though? Um, right. Um, instead of that, then, why don't I, for my first, for my action, I'm going to just do a slam attack. Sure. Body slam it. Um, so kind of try to do like a sidelong, like, you know, some good old mutant tipping. <laughs> um, so that's 20 total to hit. Yeah, that'll hit. <laughs> Yay. Uh, oh, good old three damage. <laughs> cool. Uh bludgeoning. Alright. Let's just send the sword out as a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> Stab throw. It's like it's an up 
and around and toss. You know, well, this they, was like yeah, big it was like body slam. Just, you like threw yeah. you like you 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 drop the sword as you body slam. You're like ha, and the boot's like. Ugh. And then as you slump, yeah. the sword just comes flying over your shoulder. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yay! Yeah, it, it, it registers your disappointment. <laughs> well, it would. Uh, it's 21 to hit. Yes. Yeah. Very hit. Much wow. <laughs> and 11 slashing. There you go. Um, a, a solid hit. A sword uh, pierces deep into the moot hand. Um, oh. And you hear it go, Whoa! Um and uh, collapse, um, but Tyler, you haven't stopped hearing this voice. Uh, so it has fallen dead. Yes, it is. It okay. is dead at, at your feet. And Muldoon right. walks over and like double taps the head with uh, arrows. He's like, "Can't be too right. certain. Got to be safe. Mm. I want those arrows sh- back." They like pulls the arrows awkwardly <laughs> back out. What did it say to you, Marker? I spoke with. Uh... A chorus of voices, all speaking in unison, begging for freedom. Mm. I do not understand why we were attacked. If freedom for these creatures means death, then they should just give themselves to the cycle, allow their matter to be used for nutrients for others. What is there in their pain? Life force. Pain can drive creatures and men and beings to rage, to hate, to strike. Hmm. Pain. This is not a familiar sensation to the cluster. The cluster's domain is after pain, after fear. Hmm. You may be right. We must hurry and end the pain for these beasts. Should we try to continue talking to the sentries, or should we try to stealth our way through and talk with the Minmutor at the centre of the labyrinth? I mean, I'd like to not kill them if we don't have to. Like, it's not their fault, so perhaps stealth might be the name of the game. Muldoon, what's the fastest, stealthiest way to the centre of this facility? Um, he gives you a Muldoon-y look of, <laughs> of like, impending doom. He's like... My easiest way is going right through the uh, the processing chute. A little bit dangerous, but it'll get us there right quick. None of the Minmu Tars will be in there. Any objections, no. friends? None. Show me the chute. So he leads you um, kind of up a, a small metal staircase to a large... Um, Basically, you can tell from the the kind of meat that's that's waiting to be processed here that, uh, in modern terms, this would be uh, the like chicken nuggets or ground meat machine, where it's just supposed to like <laughs> chop to pulp uh, the things that go through it. And looking down, um, you can one hundred percent see that there are a variety of blades and um, kind of like meat hammers um, suspended. And he's like, "We've turned it off." But I've watched the mutants turn it back on before. We've got to be careful. They're smart. Too smart. Should all be destroyed. Hmm. Right. Well, I think basically what I'm going to do is kind of see me start, like, getting psyched up, kind of dancing on my toes. And this is me using three of my essence points to um, increase my dex by one Mm. until the next time I have a long rest. 
Wicked. So as you start to limber up, um, the space between the joints on your armor gets a little bit looser to the point that it almost looks... Um, you gain a few inches, and you you seem less like a suit of armor and um, almost more like a marionette. Um, All right, cool. For the Devil May Cry fans in the house, uh, like those spooky <laughs> uh, puppets you fight all the time. Yeah, um, so, yeah. yeah, so you're just a little bit longer, a little bit lankier, um, and uh, the you're still a solid, like you're still not solid, but you're you're holding the shape of of the armor. But now it's it's less, uh, it's almost more balletic. Right. Uh, and he's like, um, he goes over and gets like the emergency stop lever. Um, and he's like, basically, he'll wait there with the lever, and if, if it sounds like the machine is going, he'll stop it. But okay. that still means you'll have to make a save, but he'll be able to stop it after that. Well. So, just diving down the chute? Um, so it's it's a drop, this chute? It's a, it's a, a, a sort of a harsh um, diagonal. It's a slide. Slide, yep. It's a slide, okay. It's a, a, a slashy, poundy slide of doom. Then I know how Maka will handle this. If anyone wants to go first, that's fine. But Maka is not going to try and dodge I was going to say, I'm the stealthiest, so I would volunteer to go first. Because uh, I'd be the most likely to be able to dip, duck, dive, and dodge, theoretically. Mm-hmm. I'm you a, missed one. The other one is dodge. <laughs> exactly. I also duck twice. You know, it's a weird training to get at the Dawnbreakers. Uh, I'm imagining if Maka just has to kind of tank it, maybe Maka last. That yeah, he's going to make some noise. <laughs> if we, yeah, if we send Muldoon as the most knowledgeable, who like knows the route first, I can follow him, and then maybe the princess can kind of draft, and then Maka's just a giant rock we dropped uh, down a hole currently Muldoon is offering to stay with a hand on the emergency stop valve that makes more sense let's do that I'll go first then princess then Maka okay uh, Perfect. so uh, could you go ahead and roll me a, a stealth check please oh uh, yeah <laughs> fuck Uh-oh. uh that is a nine um so you kind of like run up and try and power slide your way down like you're on a water slide with your arms uh, across your chest uh, unfortunately one of those beautiful daggers uh, pings off one of the edges and uh, all of a sudden you're kind of lurched forward as luckily you weren't directly under it but one of the punching hammers uh, knocks you forward mm-hmm. and you can hear the whir of the machine starting up uh, can you please roll me a deck save It's a 10. Oof, I rolled rather well. Um, You'll take uh, 18 points of damage as you're pummeled and slashed um, by various things. Uh, You hear Muldoon, like, pull the... Yeah, you just hear me in the middle going, Muldoon, you cunt! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he's like, sorry, it sticks! Um, And... uh, (laughs) So he manages to shut it off before it completely mulches you, but you definitely take some hits. Uh, and then you roll into a, a bin of unattended uh, meat giblets uh, that Ooh. should have been moved long ago, but uh, due to the rampaging mutants, uh, is instead kind of uh, starting to go rancid. 
great. I'm just going to roll far enough to get out of the way. Whoever's coming second. Yep. And then I'm probably if there's not a, like a contact in sight, I'm just going to lay there. I'm supremely fucking hurt. Yep. Yep. Understood. Uh, OK. Um, your Highness. The second uh, Muldoon hits the emergency brake and things top, I just dive down head first. Cool. Go ahead and roll cool. me a. Uh, are you, you're not going for stealth, right? You're just going for. No, probably like more of an acrobatics type. Thing. All right. Yeah. Go ahead and roll me acrobatics with advantage. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, you see a blood smear from where the knives went. Nice. That's a 21 total. Um, your armor falls apart in the shoot. And as the, the hammer and, and blades are going, you're just like rattling around and bouncing down in various pieces. And then all of them kind of tumble out in a ball. Um, and as they do, it seems to almost just be like a bunch of garbage is being uh, ejected out the bottom end. Um, but suddenly you find yourself coming up in a shoulder roll before face planting into the giblets. All right, cool. Uh, everything has gone, <laughs> gone dark for you. Oh, uh, lift my head still dark you're not sure if you've properly reassembled oh no you start to feel your arms your shoulders as you you laura are physically doing they're attached yep. <laughs> everything's kind of where it should be but there's only darkness i look over as i see her randomly grabbing her body parts does chunks, it have a head she's got chunks of meat stuck in her uh eyes <laughs> damn it get yeah. over here uh, I'll, I'll reach over and just like <sighs> i'm so hurt and mad that I just slapped the meat <laughs> off her face. You hit the back of the helmet like uh, like you're like trying to tap coffee grinds as you just tap it twice and the meat falls out. Yeah, just um, just full on <sighs> whacker one to get the oh meat God, out of her face. Tom. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. I just like no. Uh, DM's got to have fun every so often. Fucking. Uh, all right. Um, are you? I assume uh, do you, you get a Koopa shell your way down there, bud? Yeah, for uh, for Maka's approach, he comes to the tip, um, uses withdraws into his shell for shell defense, which oh. also gives him advantage on strength and constitution yes. saves. You're gonna need and it. And he just tips down and begins to just like roll and spin and slide down this chute. So um, as you do, you hear Muldoon yell, "Don't worry, Mike, I got you." And then um, there's just a sound of, of squishing and terror, and the, the camera cuts to um, a single arm grasping the, uh, the valve uh, with no body attached, um, and the machine starts going. So go ahead and roll me uh, a con save, please. So that is a dirty 20. Uh, yeah, you're banged around like crazy, but uh, honestly... You've had worse. Um, you will take partial damage, um, but uh, I rolled a three, so you take one. Cool. So you slam like a fucking bullet into this giblet bin. Just meat Spray explosion. meat everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and then you just kind of like stand up uh, heroically and look over to see just like the fucking like patchwork man of blood slapping the back of the princess's helmet. Uh, yeah, and, and then and I'm looking immediately at sprayed by meat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. From you landing. <laughs> like that he, knocks me over again. Uh, sticking with our Apocalypse Now scenario, now he's like the bloody-faced Kurtz from uh, Apocalypse <laughs> Now. 
Yeah, it looked uh, like uh, Mick Foley at the end of a WrestleMania yes. main event. Like, just everything has holes in it where there shouldn't be, and I'm covered in blood. I, I do, imme- like, the first thing I do is is walk over and uh, cast Cure Wounds at, at level two on uh, Dear Sweet Duncan. 14 damage, uh, 14 healing, rather. So you're still pretty bloody just from the blood you fell into and the blood you've bled. Uh, nobody <laughs> makes me bleed my own blood. Uh, but uh, you feel much better and you can feel your wounds kind of like closing up as the spores kind of do their work. Yeah, underneath the blood, I now just look like a guy who won a bar fight, but was still in a bar <laughs> fight. <laughs> Where like nice. the security walked me out at the end. Uh, and I rest a hand on Maka's shoulder and I just say, Listen, I may not be a devotee of the cluster, but whatever that cluster does, I owe it a favor. Mm. All uh, debts are repaid eventually. I, you. But do you know what I promise you right now? When I die, my body goes to your swamp and you use it for whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear like a rattling like, tum, 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 tum. Uh, and then a uh, bull's head comes flying out of the chute into the giblet pile. Uh, with a blood-stained hat. Now, is this a man's head covered in a bull's head, or is it just yes. a bull's head? Okay. It, is, it is that. It is <laughs> yeah, the, okay. the head of Robert Muldoon. <laughs> right, right. I don't want to seem terribly uncharitable, but fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> you hear a chorus of moos begin in the darkness around you. I One moo have... begins, and then the chorus of moos join. I still have beast uh, speak with animals. Yeah, you are Am I hearing anything. You are still hearing the same voice. It's just a singular voice saying saying free me. Um and and just like uh like wincing in pain uh and you hear oh. now you hear it just say too too many too many. No, there there it wasn't supposed to there's too many. I just want to call out using my speak with animals uh, spell and and ask uh, is death the freedom you seek? Uh, And uh, it just, it says yes any freedom, free me free me, there's too many of them I'll yell out like we're coming and uh is it clear which direction we should go in now that we're at the bottom of this chute? Or um, you can options? see um, there's kind of like uh, where everything else is red light. There does seem to be like a line of white, sterile kind of um, white lanterns um, that have kind of a white glass um, casting softer light, leading back to what you would assume is probably kind of where the foreman would hang out and kind of um, keep an eye on the operation. Uh, if you were a Minwutar, that's where you would hang out for sure. <laughs> okay. Um, then I'll gesture in that direction to every. I'll, I'll point to it with my shillelagh, you know, because we're we're ready for a fight. And I'll say, um, the voices have spoken. Death is the freedom they seek. They are in great pain. We need to put down these abominations. Mm-hmm. Done and done. Okay. I understand. <laughs> if any alternatives present themselves, I will let you know. Uh, and so, with the weapons at the ready, uh, you step deeper into the facility to face your bovine fate. <laughs> 
This episode of Curse Code and Crown Sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra, and the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock, and Curse Code and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring, Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc, Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGee TD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse Code and Crown! Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.